What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Pop Politically Correct. I'm your host, Will. And, you know, thanks for listening again. Uh, this is episode number two. This is currently being recorded on technically October 2nd. Friday, October 2nd. It's about 12, 10, uh, you know, after midnight. Because uh, there's a lot of people who know me. Uh, I don't sleep that much, so... Figured this would be a good use of my time right now. I don't really have anything else going on now. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, still trying to figure out a format for this, but I think what I'm going to do is have some timestamps because I found that a lot of people did want to hear the stuff I was talking about, but they didn't really have the time to sit down and listen to the whole thing. So I'm going to try to have some timestamps, look down in the description, and you should be able to find them. So with that being said, we're going to move on to the first topic. We're going to move on to the television aspect of pop culture. And we're just going to talk about some of the stuff that I had seen in the news and um, just some of the stuff I've been watching lately. Something that I had seen in the news is that The Boys is supposed to be getting spinoff series. Now, this is something that usually makes me pretty nervous when TV shows say they're having spinoffs because then stuff gets run into the dirt. But I really do feel like they'll be able to do some cool stuff with the boys just because there was so much stuff that happened in the comic that they haven't touched on in the show at all. And it's also a Seth Rogen produced project. So super excited for that. He usually does a great job with the stuff that he produces and I'm excited to see it. Also today, Bill Burr, comedian Bill Burr, for those of you who aren't familiar, he is the creator of the Netflix animated TV show F is for Family, and they announced that this season is going to be the last season of that show, which I was a little bit upset to find out because I do enjoy that show a lot. I feel like adult animation has really started to not say take over, but has really stepped up its game from like the more traditional family guys or the Simpsons where it's a week to week kind of a mindless comedy to more coherent stories like, you know, Rick and Morty and Bojack Horseman and F is for Family. This one's one of my favorites. If you haven't seen it, check it out for sure. Uh, if you're not interested in, you know, animated shows, don't watch it. It's just that simple. They're not paying my bills. I don't care if you see it, but I enjoy it. Check it out if you want. And something I have been watching a lot recently is Last Chance You. I was taking the time to get caught up on that because I had always, I had seen the first and second seasons, didn't watch seasons three and four, but I did watch season five recently and I thought it didn't make sense to watch seasons one, two, and five, and not watch three and four. With that being said, um, love Last Chance You, big fan of football. I played football for a long time growing up. Didn't play at the collegiate level, but just getting to see these players and stuff like that is pretty nostalgic for me. So it's cool for me to watch. I do enjoy watching it. And just getting attached to those characters. And I just... Well, not even characters. These are real people. But with that being said, Jason Brown, worst coach ever. But also probably the most entertaining coach to watch just because it was a dumpster fire. So if you haven't seen Last Chance You, check it out. Now, we're going to move on to the movie sections of things. And 
you know, I'm going to take my time through these. I'm not going to rush through it too much. We're going to talk about some of the new stuff first, and then, you know, we're going to move into, I guess, the reviews of the stuff that I've been watching within the past week. With that being said, they announced that they're making a second Lion King live action movie. Um, I don't know why. I kind of hated the first live action movie. I'm not going to lie to you. It was something about the animals looked way too real to me. Like they looked way too real. There was no real emotion in it. And there definitely wasn't a whole lot of emotion to the performances um, with that being said, you know, like Beyonce, for example, love her music, love her as a person, as a voice actor, not so much. Uh, Donald Glover did what he could. They brought James Earl Jones back. It's just strange. It's strange watching something that, you know, was a cartoon when we were growing up and you could really see all of the animation and all of the excitement and the looks on their faces. And, you know, lions don't really be making faces, man. Real life lions, lions don't got faces. Like they got faces, but they don't be making faces. You know, it's either they're they're chilling or they're eating. I want to see. I'm pulling it up now. That's why they're making a second one. Okay, so for those of you who don't really pay attention to you know the production of movies, money talks. If you got a movie or a show that you like, and you're wondering why there isn't a second one, or they haven't made another season of or a show got canceled. Check the ratings, check the money. Always follow the money. It's not too often something doesn't make money and it gets a sequel. You feel me? So The Lion King's budget was about $260 million. Okay? At the box office, they made $1.657 billion. So yeah, they're going to ride that train out as long as they can. It makes sense, but I hate it. I kind of hate all the live-action remakes, except for Aladdin. That one was kind of dope. But I just don't feel like they're super necessary. But, you know, Disney's going to Disney. They're going to make their money. Uh, hopefully no one at Disney hears this and decides to come after me because, you know, the mouse has a lot of money, and they could make me disappear if they want it. Very easily. Because I'm not that important. All right, next set of news. Borat is getting a sequel. Um, I kind of saw that they were going to be doing that because I saw clips on Twitter of, I believe it's him driving a truck. Like, So for those of you who don't know, a lot of the time in movies when they're driving and stuff, they're not actually driving because it's incredibly unsafe to do with like all that camera equipment and everything around there. And like, it's real easy to mess up a shot. So they have to tow and pull trucks and cars. That's how they get those head on shots. If you think it's person driving and another person in a car driving in front of that car. No, that's not how that works. They put way too much money into that stuff to let, leave it up to chance like that. So the clip was a, it's like a Mac or like a semi truck that was pulling a pickup truck that, you know, Borat was in or Sasha Baron Cohen was in. So the first movie was, of course, was called Borat Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Right. Which is a long title and sort of ridiculous. Second one is called Borat 
gift of pornographic monkey to Vice Premier Mikhail Pence to make benefit recently <laughs> diminished nation of Kazakhstan. I know I laughed through that. It's just ridiculous trying to read through all of that. But Sasha Baron Cohen always does a good job with the stuff. So I'm sure that's going to be good for lack of, you know, anything else. Other news I saw today, saw today, today, and I would be super remiss to not mention this. Mr. Mr. Jamie Foxx, Eric Bishop, Mr. Jameson Fox. Yeah, I don't know a long thing for Fox. I was going to say Foxworthy. It makes no sense. But Jamie Foxx, uh, in talks right now to reprise the role of Electro in the third Spider-Man movie, the Tom Holland one. Those of you who don't remember, since, you know, Spider-Man's been rebooted twice since the year 2007, uh, Jamie Foxx played Electro in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which came out in 2014, I believe. So it's been a while since he's done it. I don't know why they chose to bring Jamie Foxx back or how they're going to do it, I love Jamie Foxx as an actor, but I didn't feel like he was great in that movie. He's actually got, like, one of the most ridiculous lines I've heard in a movie ever. (laughs) And it's, like, one of my favorite lines ever. I don't even know if I want to recite it right now. I don't know if I want to embarrass myself like that. But, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to say He was like, (laughs) it's my birthday, Spider-Man, and I'm going to blow out my own candles. What does that mean? <laughs> like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to blow out my own candles. Okay. Doesn't everybody blow out their own candles on their birthday? Why is that a line? Why is that a... Is that what you want the last thing to say? Like, that you say before you kill somebody? That's your that's your, your phrase right there? Your catchphrase? <laughs> Just ridiculous. But they brought him back for it. I'm excited to see it. Jamie Foxx is a good actor, you know, despite what anybody would want to say. I don't know if there's anyone out there who thinks he isn't a good actor, but he's done nothing but prove to us that he's a good actor. And, you know, he does know how to have fun with the role if he has, if he wants to have fun with the role. And the most important part of that to me is that Electro is a classic Sinister Six character along with, the three other villains who have been introduced in these Spider-Man movies. So like Spider-Man Homecoming had the Vulture, classic Sinister Six villain. It also had Matt Gargan in it, who, if you guys aren't familiar with who that is in the comics, his character becomes the Scorpion, who is another Sinister Six character. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, spoilers, has Mysterio in it, who's another classic Sinister Six villain. And now we have Electro. So I'm excited to see how they keep building this up and what direction they keep taking all of this in. And excited to see Jamie Foxx get another swing at it. And then hopefully a good movie and not a bad one. And now we're going to just get into some of the stuff that I have watched this past week. I've been trying to watch more older movies because... People like to say, you know, oh, Will's a movie buff. He's seen every movie. He's seen this and that. I really haven't. I've seen a lot of new stuff. If it's a movie that's come out this year, 
90% chance I've seen it, maybe 85% just because stuff that's come out during, you know, COVID. I don't know if I'm allowed to say COVID. Hopefully I don't get flagged. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to really dive deep into actually watching movies that are came out before I was born, like well before I was born. I haven't quite gone to like, you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s, but Martin Scorsese is one of my favorite directors of all time, but I haven't seen all of his movies. So I'm working my way front to back, but you know, I'm still taking it wherever I want to watch it. So I've been watching, I watched Taxi Driver, which came out in 1976, which is a film starring Robert De Niro. You know, this is young Rob De Niro. So it's kind of cool getting to see a younger Rob De Niro in movies acting and not just, you know, the older Rob De Niro that we kind of get now that doesn't really care unless it was the Irishman, which again, Martin Scorsese. But upon like watching this movie, I started to realize how much of it was, well, how much of the new Joker movie was actually inspired by this movie. So if you enjoyed Joker, take the time to watch Taxi Driver. It's not one of those movies that, you know, it doesn't look super old. It doesn't feel super old. It moves at a very good pace. And I think it's about an hour and 40 something minutes, maybe 48 but it goes by really quickly and it's super entertaining the whole way through. And it's just, if you're thinking about Joker and you go into it thinking this is going to be a movie like Joker makes it a pretty good ride all the way through. With that being said, the second Martin Scorsese movie I watched was raging bull also starring Robert De Niro came out in 1980. And this is a boxing movie. Uh, for anyone who knows me, they know that, you know, boxing is one of my favorite subgenres of movies boxing and football movies I love them I think boxing movies sort of define what the American dream was supposed to be not what we've got but you know don't want to get too political again we'll save that for later but um this was a good movie it was very good it's like up there for me with like Rocky you know as like one of those great quintessential movies that a lot of stuff down the road has been based off of. Uh, another movie I watched, The Graduate, uh, came out in 1967, I believe, off the top of my head. I promise you I didn't write this stuff down. I'm just, I'm pulling these dates out of my head. Because a friend of mine, Whitney, recommended that, you know, we sit down and watch it because it's one of those movies that helped to define and also helped, you know, build that foundation for what movies today are built upon. And did I enjoy it? Absolutely. I enjoyed a lot of the cinematography. I enjoyed the acting. Um, I'm glad that my first time watching it was as a young adult. Because this... <laughs> I feel like I could relate to a lot of the stuff in the movie. But also not relate because none of the stuff had happened to me before. But relate as in I could find it funny, you know? There are movies that we watch as kids and we think, oh, this is cool, this is funny. But then you watch it again as an adult and it's a totally different movie. For me, that was Friday, next Friday, and Friday after next. Super different movies as an adult. So much funnier. And another movie that I actually just watched 
right before this uh, podcast, right before I started recording. King of Staten Island, uh, starring Pete Davidson, it came out, I believe it came out this year, like at the beginning of, uh, you know, quarantine and whatnot, probably in like April. Um, this is a good movie. It's two hours and 18 minutes, and if you ask me, could have been about 25 minutes shorter, at least. But it is very heartfelt, and this also feels like in the very same vein as like Honey Boy with Shia LaBeouf, where this is like a very cathartic movie for Pete Davidson. You know, it's loosely based around his life, and, you know, it's it hits in all the right places. So, would I recommend you watch this? Yeah, it's a good movie. Why not? If you got the time to watch it, check it out. If you don't feel like watching it, like I've always said, do you. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care. That's not paying my bills. But, you know, it's worth watching. It's a good watch. Now, we're moving on to a newer section because people think that I'm just only going to talk about stuff that you watch. So, like, TV and movies. Not necessarily true because... For anyone who does know me, I do a ton of different things. And the next section I kind of wanted to talk about was, you know, the video game section. So the biggest news in all of that has been this whole debacle that's come along with these pre-orders, with pre-ordering the Xbox, pre-ordering the PlayStation. So we're going to start in chronological order with the PlayStation 5. Everybody's favorite thing to meme about right now on Twitter Everybody's trying to get their girl to buy them a PS5 through whatever means necessary, if you get what I'm saying. And it's it was a mess when these rolled out. Um, I, I watched the PlayStation Live event that happened early in the day, on the day that the pre-order started. And what Sony had told us was that, hey, we got these pre-orders. They're going to start tomorrow. They gave us the prices and said these pre-orders will start tomorrow. Well, Walmart didn't have that in mind. Walmart decided, nope, our pre-orders are going to start tonight. And then Target saw that and said, well, if Walmart's going to start tonight, we're going to start tonight. And then Best Buy saw Target and Walmart and said, well, if they're going to start tonight, we're going to start tonight. And Amazon didn't get the message. They still released theirs at like midnight. With that being said, I was trying to go around on these different websites. To this day, I'm still not convinced that they really did have PlayStations on these websites because they were absolutely gone. By the time I'd even seen they went live, you click the website, gone. I've seen sneakers go slower than these PlayStations did. But with that being said... I was able to procure one for myself through Amazon, you know, bless up. They had my back, they had me covered, and I was able to get one. So whenever that comes out, I'll be talking about that. And I also wanted to say I have equipment for like streaming and doing game stuff and putting it out on YouTube and Twitch and whatever platform it is I wanted to put it out on. If that's something people are interested in, you know, let me know because, you know, it would be very much uncensored compared to, you know, the stuff I'm doing right here. I'm trying to do a better job of, you know, not being super explicit all the time, but yeah, that can happen. So if anyone's interested in that, hit me up, let me know. 
If not, I'll probably still do it anyways. I just won't make an announcement about it. If you find it, you find it. If you don't, you don't. It's just that simple. And now we're going to move towards what is the last segment of what I wanted to talk about tonight. And that's music. Now, again, I'm involved in a lot of different things. I am also a part of a you know group of people who get together and we make music ourselves. So I do listen to a lot of music. I try to stay in the, I guess, sphere of music to see where things are moving towards, what new trends are, what's the news, who's hot, who's not, who's dropped, all that. And I try to listen to a little bit of everything. I haven't been as great on it as I should be, but I do do my best. <laughs> do do. But... We're just going to get into some music news, and we're just going to talk about that, and you know, then after that, I'll let y'all go. First thing up on the docket that I saw today that I was super confused about, Takashi Snitch 9 overdose on diet pills. Now, he's not dead. He's in the hospital, but he overdosed on, they said, and this is what I saw in the headline. I don't know if it's changed since I looked it up. I looked it up at like 8 o'clock and, you know, kind of irresponsible of me right now to not double check because I do have my phone right here, but I'm going to be hard-headed because I don't really care if I'm right or not. I just think this is ridiculous. They said that he overdosed on hydroxycut and caffeine. How does one take so many diet pills that they overdose? Why was he taking diet pills? Why was he taking diet pills and caffeine? Did he overdose on the diet pills? Did he overdose on caffeine? Because there's caffeine that's in diet pills. I need to know what the story is on this. How does how does this happen? Was he on a diet? Was he prescribed these diet pills? Is this what people are doing now? People have moved from Percocets and Xanax to, to diet pills? We got people out here doing hydroxycut. We got people on the street saying, hey, bro, you got that, you got that oxy on you? You know, like oxycotton? Nah, hydroxycut. What's the story on this? I, I need to know more because this is, it's baffling to me and it's kind of crazy. But, you know, music is a, music's a weird business. You know, things happen to people that probably shouldn't happen, which moves me to my next topic. Mr. Mr. Lanes, Mr. Daystar Peterson, Tory Lanes. I'm sure there's nobody out there who really does care about my take on the whole situation. I don't really have a take on the whole situation. Uh, I think there's a full story to what happened that night with him and Meg. But with that being said... I believe Meg way more than I believe him just because, and this is a simple fact. This is simple logic right here, right? For anybody who's listening, who's a Tory defender or is a, we need to hear both sides. You're one of those people, right? Just think about this and I'm going to leave that at that. And I'm going to step on to the next part of this that I wanted to talk about. Cause I do have, this is a two part thing. What does Meg have to gain from saying that she was shot in the feet by Tory Lanez. What does she have to gain? And on the other side of that, 
Tory Lanez has everything to lose in that situation. Now, maybe more news comes out and I have to eat crow on what it is that I'm saying right now. But, gotta lean more towards the victim side than the guy who may have just shot someone in the feet. Both feet. Or just fragments in the feet. No one knows this full story. It's confusing. But, it is what it is. I'm not rocking it anymore, Tory music anymore, but it doesn't matter because the people who listen to him are still going to give him his spins. He's still going to make his money. He still has his fan base. And that gets me onto this next subject of cancel culture. I don't, I don't want to delve too deep into this, right? But I just want to give y'all what my simple take is on cancel culture, okay? My simple take on cancel culture is that if you are well-established, right, and you're working in a field where you're putting stuff out yourself, and you're not someone who has been locked up, cancel culture isn't real. It's not a real thing. Because these people are going to get their support no matter what. Take a look at anybody in the music industry who has been canceled in the last, hell, the last two, three years, right? You got Tory Lanez, canceled. Still had the number one project on iTunes this last week. You got Doja Cat, who was canceled. Put out an apology that, to this day, I still don't really understand what it means. Still don't understand that whole situation myself. I didn't look too deep into it. I already knew she didn't really like black men that much. It wasn't really a secret. So, it is what it, that is what it is. I'm not mad at her for liking what she likes but the people that she associates with and you know the stuff that she says and does I'm not going to speak on it because I don't know the full story but she's another person who was hit by the cancel wave who hasn't really affected her uh gold link kind of semi-canceled for the stuff that he said about Mac Miller but People are still rocking out to his stuff, still showing up to his concerts. Cancel culture is not real. First person I can ever remember getting canceled, Kanye West. He got canceled back when, you know, the whole Taylor Swift thing happened. Guess what? He still got nine number one albums. None of it matters. Okay? So, what I'd really like to see myself, I'd like to see people just let people do what they want unless somebody is doing something outlandishly criminal you know like r kelly yes deserves to be canceled but yet another situation where people are still spinning his stuff right we've got people who are still defending him people saying holding rallies saying let r kelly out of jail it's gonna happen regardless because you know people just are never gonna see eye to eye but I'm sick of seeing people complain about other people still doing stuff. You can't control what other people do. Control what you do. It's just that simple. If you don't want to listen, don't listen. You don't want to support, don't support. But you got to remember that when it comes to music and it comes to other stuff like that, yeah, you know, taking those spins away, you're going to hurt the artist. You're going to hurt them. But you're also going to hurt everybody else who was involved in the making of that project. And if it's a situation with, like, 
Tory Lanez. I didn't know he was going to go around shooting women in the feet. Did you? Would you have guessed that? Mr. Quarantine, Quarantine, Quarantine. Mr. Breaking Records on Instagram with his Instagram lives. You thought he was going to go around shooting Meg the Stallion in the feet? Because I'm telling you, I didn't think he was going to do that. And neither did the people who were making music with him prior to, you know, this whole situation. And, you know, as for this new album, it's not going to get any spins from me. His older stuff, probably not going to get any spins from me either. But, I don't know. I just don't know what to think about all of it. And I'm just getting tired of seeing people bully other people for, you know, doing what they want to do. But if it was you on the other side, you know, like, you would still want to be able to listen. You wouldn't want someone bullying you. It's just, you know, it's a touchy subject. So, I don't want to get too into it, but that's just my opinion on it. If you disagree, you know, feel free. If you think that everybody should just cut off an artist, okay, more power to you. I just don't think it's logistically possible, is what I'm saying. That's my bottom line. It's not possible. And just for some recommendations, I've been listening a lot to Spiligion. Spiligion? I say Spiligion because it's like religion. Uh, the new Spillage Village album that came out last Friday. So far, my album of the year. It's great, sonically speaking, lyrically speaking. It's it's darn near perfect, and it's a collaborative album. So there's a lot of different voices and perspective that come together on this album, from Earth Gang to Jid, J-I-D, Jid, say Jid, uh, Mariba, Ari Lennox, Chance the Rapper. A lot of different voices on here, and... In terms of, you know, I'm a sucker for an album with skits on it. This one has skits that are all very well done. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I still spin it now. I'm still listening through to it because I want to get more of an understanding of what they're saying and what exactly all of it means, you know? And I don't know. It's just very well put together. Even just from a sonic standpoint... If I wasn't listening to any of the words and just purely the sounds, it's great. And with that being said, the final note, because I want to wrap this podcast up, because to me, Friday, October 2nd, national holiday, because my boy, the man himself, Grammy Award winning, Carrie J. Cole to his first Grammy, Mr. 21 Savage, 21 of House Savage and Metro Boomin have dropped Savage Mode 2. Savage Mode 1, one of my favorite albums to this day. 21 Savage, one of my favorite artists to this day. And I get a lot of people saying, oh, you like 21 Savage. 21 Savage is trash. He's this, he's that. He's not. He's just very much one of those people, you know, he knows his lane. He stays in it, and he does exceedingly well in it. He's able to fit in on any track, any beat. Dude just kind of glides over beats. If you don't like his voice and whatever, you know, fine. That's cool. But you can't say the dude doesn't know music, because he does. The dude's in, he's great. He's great. I'm sorry. He's Grammy Award winning. You're empirically speaking, you're wrong. 
objectively speaking, you're wrong if you say he's trash. It's just wrong. It's wrong. Sorry. But with that being said, you know, I'm going to sign on out so that way I can go ahead and listen to that. Don't forget, you know, follow me on socials. If you're finding this podcast, you don't know me already, follow me on socials. Instagram, Twitter, William Norris Jr. That's my name. That's my handle. Uh, you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. There should be should be some pretty cool stuff coming soon. I'm working on it. I know I've been saying this for the better part of a year now. I'm really working to get this done. Okay? If anyone's wondering what that is, you know, feel free to reach out. I'll tell you. But I really want to get that done. And it will be up on my YouTube channel, Mind of Mark. Now, y'all have a great weekend. Go out there and watch, read, or listen to something. Peace.